Uh, Adnan uh, had his higher studies in, I was looking at his uh, profile, in all, almost all very good institutions, starting from Stephen's very place, BA, and uh, then he moved on to GME to do MA, MPhil, and PhD. Uh, after he has already put in his PhD, and in the course of his research, higher research, he has moved on to many important institutions. I would name only three or four. Uh, he has worked with Pennsylvania Institute for the Advanced Study of India. He has also worked with Observer Research Foundation. He has delivered lecture in many places, including Brown University and also the University of Pennsylvania. He has published paper in a number of places. I just cite two because we save time that way. He has published paper in books edited by Professor Mushiril Hassan. One is Will Secular India Survive, which was published uh, from a publication house in Delhi. And the other, Living Together Separately, which was published by Oxford University Press. Today's lecture is on candidate nomination processes in Indian parties. This has been a theme which is also related to his PhD and his uh, research which has been going on along with the PhD. I think this is a very important uh, theme. Also, uh, if you keep in mind the very fact that uh, I think within a year or a year and a half, we are going to see elections happening in India. Let's hear what Arnan has to say, how people are nominated by parties to contest elections. My paper is actually titled Internal Democracy and Candidate Nomination Processes. Uh, what I try to do is basically look at uh, the nomination process, you know, right? Like, I mean, superficially when we look at the candidate list, generally the impression is that there is no logic behind it. If you are rich or like which caste you come from, that's what matters. So the attempt here is to see, you know, if there is a method to that madness. So, uh, I mean, it's still a work in progress. Ideally, what I should do, which I'm trying to do, is also to look at the 1999 and 2004 election, right? Because that would uh, make the data uh, rich because it will also give me, uh, like, uh, I'll have two cases to compare, the National Democratic Alliance and the UPA government. So here what I do is basically I look at the 2004 and, and, uh, and the 2009 elections. Now this was significant in the sense uh, uh, that 2009 election happened on the basis of delimitation, right? So there were 101 seats, you know, which which were new or like which did not exist, you know, or like this constituencies which existed in 2004, one there in 2009, the exact constituency. So that also affects the nomination process, but only marginally, you know, right? So with that clarification, I'm going to start. I'm not going to read the entire paper. I think I'll just uh, what I'll focus on is is basically the central puzzle, puzzle like which is uh, uh, basically the interviews you know which are conducted with the political leaders and uh, more or less there's a consensus you know across the party line you know how candidates are actually selected and these are the people you know who were in the thick of things. This paper examines a particular aspect of the internal dy dynamics of Indian parties, the process of nominating candidates for the parliamentary elections to the lower house, that is the Lok Sabha, which is directly elected from 543 single-member constituencies by the plurality rule. The aim is to get a picture of parties' internal processes and relate them to the nomination outcomes and see if this throws any light on whether they are reasonably predictable career paths for candidates within parties, whether there are entry barriers for new candidates, and in turn, whether the existing nomination processes and actual patterns of nomination incentivize working within existing parties 
as against moving to other parties or floating new parties and the implication for the construction of majorities. We compare the pattern of nominations in 2009 with the previous elections of 2004 in the light of a knowledge of the nomination processes gained from interviews with key party functionaries involved, while a one-election transition is only a snapshot of the relationship between nomination processes and outcome. This is a first cut and it does give us some idea of the incentive operating. The Parties selected are two major national parties, the Indian National Congress and the Bharati Janata Party, and two others, parties defined as national parties by the Election Commission of India, the Communist Party of India, and the Bahujan Samajwadi Party, and the largest of what are defined as state parties by the Election Commission of India, the Samajwadi Party. For the CPIM and BSP and the SP, we, we analyze the nomination processes only in the states of strength since they are marginal forces elsewhere. For CPM, we've uh, I mean, uh, looked at three uh, states, which are Kerala, Tripura, and West Bengal, which are the stronghold. Uh, the next section in my paper, I'm not going to go into it, but I've looked at you know the international literature. I mean, in the sense like how how exactly uh, you know which, which are the frameworks which exist you know, in terms of nomination of candidates you know elsewhere in the world. So what we have are six broad categories. Uh, the national party organs completely control the selection of candidates. It's at the national level, you decide which candidates are going to contest the election. The sub-national party uh, organ proposes candidates, but the national party organs makes the final decision, which is basically uh, at the state. In, in the Indian case, you know, at the state level, you know, the parties uh, send the list, and it is the national at the national level. You know, at the central level, it's decided uh, to whom the ticket would, would actually be given. The national party organs uh, provide a list of names from which the subnational party organs can select the final list, whereby you know the ultimate decision li lies with the subnational uh, unit, uh, part, uh, you know uh, organs, you know, which is like the state parties, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the list or like the candidates which are included in the list is is decided by the 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 center, you know. The subnational party organ decides subject to the approval of the national party organs including the right to add or delete names according to a variety of stipulated qualifications. Here there is a slight leverage they have, they can add or delete names. The subnational party organs completely control the process and makes the final decision. Finally, it is of interest to see whether a membership ballot is introduced, thus making the process more inclusive. Now, uh, the rest of uh, th the section, I've compared it, you know, uh, since my training is the comparative in comparative politics, I've tried to look at the comparative literature, uh, mostly in Europe and in US. Which are uh, so, if you look at the European example, there like the subnational units are fairly independent as far as like deciding uh, whom to, uh, to 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 select, you know, to contest the election. In US, what we have is basically the primaries, right? And and the difference is that those primaries are not conducted by the parties themselves, but by uh, by by the state. <laughs> now, I'll, what I'll do is that I think this would uh, be of interest to you in terms of looking at how exactly the nomination process happens in political parties. Uh, if, if you look at the Congress party, the formal process of candidate nomination in, in Indian parties are as follows, with emphasis on the actual processes followed in 2009. Now, here. Because that, while conducting the interview, the primary focus was 2009 election, and uh, so we met the actors you know who were actually involved. In the Congress Party, there was an elaborate system consisting of the observers sent to each of the 543 Lok Sabha constituencies, 
who prepared reports on potential candidates in the constituency for district congress committee and the pradesh congress committee that is the pcc the dccs and the pcc give inputs to the state election committee in each state which sends a panel of names listing the pros and cons and relevant details of each potential candidate and send these up to the all india congress committee the aicc appoints a screening committee for each state which consists of important party leaders including a senior member member of the congress working committee two senior leaders who do not belong to this state the state pcc chief and the state congress legislative party leader the screening committee prepares a docket <coughs> listing the pros and cons and relevant details of each potential candidate and send these to the central election committee of the party the highest organ in the process which makes the final decision although the process is supposed to begin and be completed early well ahead of the election campaign which begins just after the last date of withdrawal of nomination which falls a few days after the last date for nomination of candidates by parties in actual practice the screening and nomination process begins late and drags on to the last moment this is deliberate because um, if you were to have early nomination and uh, and if a prospective candidate does not get the ticket then there are higher chances if this person won't get the ticket he might just uh, defect to any other party or like might decide to contest uh, election independently so there is a rational logic to it why parties generally delay it you know i mean the, it's 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 basically at the last moment that they would declare you know that these are the candidates you know who have been uh, given the ticket the process is 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 definitely one you know in which the central party organization has a major say but at the same time you know what what the factors which are like uh, uh, taken into consideration are not only the visibility but also the caste composition uh, and uh, the attempt is basically you know the the fact that they do include you know leaders you know who are not from this state you know is basically to discourage nepotism right so so as such if you were to look at it you know the process which 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 the congress party actually follows you know is 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 a process you know where uh, due diligence you know is given to the 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 party you know at the state level if you were to look at the bjp where again you know the story is actually more or less the same except for the fact you know that the rss you know and the other affiliated organizations also play an, uh, a prominent role and they've started playing a prominent role you know definitely since uh, the 2004 and 2009 election in the bjp there are just two formal level of decisions the state election committee and the central election committee the state election committee is the final authority for municipal and local government level elections in each state with there being no need for name of potential candidate to be sent to the cec for state assembly and parliamentary election scc plays a recommendatory role recommending names of the candidates for each constituency but the cec makes the final selection earlier the cec would usually accept the, uh, the state election commission choices with a few exception however in 2009 there was a significant change from 2004 part of an ongoing shift of the early 2000 following the bjp's entrenchment in power nationally from its 1999 re-election in 2009 unlike the sec did not make a choice for each constituency and provided a list of preferences it merely forwarded all the names to the central election committee and the central election committee was itself sidelined by the formation of informal core groups and this is significant you know because earlier the, pr- the the process was you know that what will be taken into consideration is how strong a candidate you are or like which affiliated organization you know from uh, the, the rss is actually backing you but 2009 was significant because for the first time what they, what also mattered you know uh, was the core group you know right and this was an allegation which was made against this core group once the results came out that these core groups you know mostly had members from the rajya sabha you know people like arun jaitley uh, etc and uh, the allegation was they actually had no clue what was happening at the ground 
right so they gave tickets to 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 be to to the through the potential candidates who actually did not stand a chance of winning the election so the allegation was that that the that the up came back to power you know not because you know it 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 had worked really hard for that you know but because you know bjp actually gave gave, gave them victory you know on a platter uh, now and just like the congress you know where you have uh, high command you know in bjp also you know it is uh, the bjp president actually constitutionally if you were to read the constitution of the bjp is actually empowered you know to take a decision if there is a tussle or if there is no agreement you know on 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 basically you know ticket uh, giving you know right uh, and now the thing here is that you know last election bjp also commissioned uh, surveys and the need to what we need to remember here is that you know i mean even if you think you know that up political parties you know are not man in a professional manner that's certainly not true right i mean parties themselves can you know conduct you know quite a sophisticated analysis and the reliance of psychologists they they the data is as rigorous you know at times perhaps more you know than the data you know which uh, which even organizations like csds produce right and that that holds true for for a party like bsp as well right who we generally don't associate you know with that kind of a sophisticated uh, electoral management you know at least uh, the english print media <coughs> now if you look at the cpm uh, uh, the and the focus is on like the three uh, stronghold states that, that is the west bengal kerala and tripura in the cpm the state committee draws up the list of nominees for lok sabha candidates which is cleared by the politburo of the central committee of the party however this last step is basically a formality it is the state committee which essentially makes a nomination decision particularly if some central committee member happens to be contesting from the state for the lok sabha the committee secretariat which is the executive body of the state committee prepares a list of candidates after going through list prepared in consultation with the district committee since parliamentary constituencies overlap district two district secretariat might be consulted in case of overlapping constituencies the state committee consists of about 8 members Uh, of whom seven to eight might be MPs and another twenty-five to thirty MLAs. This is the pattern in West Bengal. The number being smaller in Kerala and Tripura, you know, by virtue of there being smaller states. And now, if you look at the rationale, you know, on the basis of which the CPM elects candidate, now it's a cadre-based party, you know, just like the BJP, uh, and it has about one million members. The key criteria is having been been active in party work in the area. A potential candidate will need to have gained recognition. in the area of work in the parties mass organizations and fronts for example among college teachers there is some consideration given to caste community and specifically you know in a state like kerala you know west bengal to not that great an extent because uh, caste does not i mean caste i mean cpm in cpm calculation you know caste does not play that that big a role you know in west bengal politics um, but definitely you know in kerala so uh, it matters you know how visible or like how, how much you work for the party but also matters is 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 like which religion you belong to or which caste you come from now if you look at the samajwadi party now it's a top the approach is a top down one in which party president mulayam singh yadav takes the final decision on on all mps and mla candidate nomination and this this was true you know even for the last assembly election i mean though akhilesh you know became chief minister or like you know the buzz was that he was the one you know, who was calling the shots that certainly wasn't true you know it was mulayan singh all the way you know i mean he decided you know who would get the ticket 
While there is a formal process in which each constituency unit of the party sends up 8 to 9 possible names, this process is constantly intervened in by Yadav himself and his cronies since he knows everyone at grassroots level personally. Now, this is fascinating. I mean, we interviewed like three people from Samarwadi party and two MPs, you know, who were earlier with the Samarwadi party and they all said, you know, the interesting thing about Malayam Singh Yadav is he knows the state functionaries, you know, even for that kind of district functionaries, you know, by names. Right, and he's constantly in touch with them. Like this is the first thing he does in the morning. You know, he calls up each and every person. Right, so he he's pretty clued in. You know what's happening with the party. You know, right. So and th that's what th that's where the difference lies. You know, like if you were to compare, you know, party like SPBSP with the Congress. You know, where like you know these key leaders, they constantly know. You know what's happening on the ground. And. Uh, this I would like get into a little later, but Samarwadi Party also uh, supports their candidates. You know. So if you are a can potentially strong candidate, but you do not have, uh, you know, the required amount, or you do not, you're not financially, you know, well off, you know, you're not in a position to raise funds on your own, then the party would actually help you out, you know. So the amount can, you know, can vary from like say five million to to to, to ten million uh, rupees. Now another thing is that the way parties, the Samarwadi party actually performs the caste balancing, you know, right? So it is not only important, you know, to which group you know you are actually giving your vote uh, or like uh, or like ticket, but what is equally important is that you know you have to balance it in 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 the constituencies, you know, which are next door, right? So so the, a perception shouldn't be created, you know, that you are favoring one group, you know, over the other. But I'm, and I'm not talking here about the others. Right, the other groups, you know, say, say the Muslims, you know, or like you know, the other smaller groups, you know, which 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 the party, you know, is is is, is basically attempting to attract. Now we come to the to to to, to Samajwadi Party and a lot which we've uh, which we've uh, like heard and read in the newspaper is true, you know. There's only one procedure, which is money. It's like it's like you have a bidding, you know, whoever pays the most, you know, you will get the ticket. But then there's a logic to it, you know, and why party does that, you know. In BSP, the, the nomination process is centrally about money and candidates are expected to buy the nomination by making contribution to the party to be paid personally to the leader, Kumari Mayavati. The process begins with potential candidates approaching the district coordinator and mandal coordinators who are party functionaries with initial payments for sending the names up to Mayavati. They then have to make direct payments to be considered for the nomination. So, you know, to pay and then you, your name actually goes to Mayamati and then she decides, you know, and before that also you have to pay. In, a, in addition to money totaling anywhere between rupees 5 million to 10 of millions to be paid for a nomination in various ways, uh, including in purchase of campaign material, caste balancing as in the case of SP is a factor. And over and beyond this, there was an attempt in 2009, beginning earlier in the, in the, in, in the last uh, semi election, which was in 2007, which the BSP won at... Uh, what what it termed as uh, the, the term which it borrowed from BJP social engineering that is at constructing a majority by by giving nomination to person from a wide range of caste. Now, if we if you look at it, you know that whether there is a discernible pattern, you know, right, or whether you know there is something you know which is uniform, you know, which is common, you know, across these four parties. What is quite evident, you know, is that the general the general criteria is merit defined as current winnability you know whether you stand on chance of winning or not you know 
and the general th thumb rule is sitting getting now when we discuss the data you know uh, we'll get into it you know but if you won the election you know in the uh, if uh, in the last election then there's a higher possibility that you would get the ticket you know this time around you know uh, in Indian sitting getting uh, that is the incumbent gets a nomination unless they are perceived to be no longer winnable for example if there are major corruption or criminal charges against them th th though it's not that great a hindrance you know if there's a corruption or a criminal char char charge against you. Uh, caste and religious community consideration given the estimated demographics of each constituency are very important factors and are taken into consideration in assessing current winnability but there is no mechanical formula based on caste community. Past performance and hence sitting getting is also not an, an inviolable uh, principle. Several winners have been replaced. A further complication affecting renomination of past nomination and incumbent is the fact of coalition <coughs> politics in which parties share seats in order to pool votes at the state level against the principal rival party or coalition. This entails not contesting in constituencies allotted by coalition agreement to one's coalition partner party and if such a ha seat happened to have been contested the last time by one's party, renomination of the candidate even if an incumbent cannot happen. Now this is significant you know, because if you were to look at uh, the parties like the BSP uh, or like for that matter you know, the party like the Congress you know, or the BJP and the, the places where they have an alliance. Now there is a chance you know that your, 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 the, the candidate you know who was a winner last time around you know may not get the ticket because of uh, the seat sharing you know which might happen you know because of the coalition arrangement. Now this is significant you know because then there is no way you would get that ticket. So there is one of the factors you know with where, where like the sitting uh, getting you know formula actually may not work. So the only option you have, you know, in such circumstances, right, is basically to break the alliance. Then you, you walk away. I mean, this is precisely what the Congress did, you know, and UP decided to go alone because it wasn't getting a good deal, you know. So the only option at hand was, was, was to fight an election, you know, on its own. Now, there, there's a table there, you know, and if you were to, I, I don't know if you can read it, but... Let me see if it can be. I have the table here, but... Okay, so now if you look at the table, you know, so uh, if you look at... Make it 175. That would do, I think. Yeah. Now, if you look at the renominated 2009 by the same party and nominated 2004, that is that you were given ticket again, you know, by the same party and you were the candidate, you know, in 2004 as well. So, if you look at for the Indian National Congress, the percentage is 36%, for BJP it's 34 for CPM, you know, it's 45%, for the Samajwadi Party is less, 26 and what is interesting is the BSP, you know, which actually fits in, you know, it's 16%, so they don't repeat candidates that often and we'll get to that, you know, why uh, it happens. Now, if you look at the second one, you know, the renominated 2009 by the same party in the same constituency and nominated 2004 
and this is important you know so that you know that you are not only getting a ticket by the same party but also from the same constituency so if you look at you know for congress is 27% bjp is is, is 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 basically closer to the congress which is 24% cpm is the highest you know 40% sp is 15 and bahujan samajwadi party is 10% Now, if you look at the third one, you know, renominated 2009 by the same party in different constituency, whereby you get the ticket, but not from the same constituency. Now, for Congress, it's nine percent. For BJP, it's eleven. For CPM, it's four. For Samajwadi Party, it's twelve. And Bahujan Samajwadi Party, it's six percent. So, there's a higher chance if you've been a candidate in this election for BSP, the next election you might not be a candidate, you know, and you won't get a ticket from at least BSP. Now, just. कांग्रेस इट्स Yeah, it's one point two percent for the BJP, three point six for CPM, it's zero percent, right? So no, uh, you know, there was no defection as such, you know, right? And uh, then BS SP, it's fifteen percent, and uh, for the BSP, it's three point seven five. What is fascinating about SP is that bulk of the movement, you know, was away from was from SP to BSP. Now, if you want to look at the statistical reports. Uh, Now, if you look at renominated 2009 by the same party and by winning 2004, you know, right? That how many seats you actually won? So, if, like Congress in 2004, 145 seats. Out of these 145 seats, you know, how many candidates were renominated? You know. So, if you look at the percentage for the Congress, it's very high. It's 71 percent. For uh, if you look at for for the BJP, it's 50 percent. For CPM, it's 53. For SP it's 43 and for the BSP it's 47. Now, renominated 2009 by the same party in the same constituency and winning 2004, which basically means that you were you were given a ticket by the same party in the same constituency. For Congress it's 56 percent, for the BJP it's 38, for the CPM it's 48, for B for B for SP it's 23 and for BSP it's 21. If you look at the second last uh, the seventh. Uh, Column which is renominated by the same party 2009 and total number of contestants, you know, right? So the percentage is 34% for the Congress, 29 for the uh, for the BJP, 44 for for uh, for uh, CPM and 24 for the SP and 16% for the BSP. If you look at the eighth column, which is renominated 2009 by the same party in same constituency and contestants 2009. For the Congress, it's 25. For the BJP, it's 20. For the CPM, it's 40. For the BJP, it's uh, for for the SP, it's it's 13. And for the for the BSP, it's uh, 10%. Now, if you look at the, the second last, the winning 2004 and renominated 2009 by the same constituency, which is basically you won the seat and you are, you again been given a ticket. So, if you look at it for the Congress, it's 23%. For the BJP, it's 16. For CPM, it's the highest, which is 44. For the SP, it's 20, and for BSP, you know, it's the least, which is 11%. Now, if you look at the last column, which is 
winning 2004 and renominated 2009 by the same party in the same constituency so it's it's for congress it's 18% for the bjp 12 for the cpm again the highest 40 for the samajwadi party 11% and for the bsp 5% now if you were to look at it um, i mean the picture which we get you know from the data is you know that uh, for the cpim you know the 90% uh, of the renominated incumbents in 2009 were incumbent in the same constituency in 2004 for the congress it was 79% and for the bjp it was 75% for the sp 56 and for the bsp 44 the the above figures point to a low rate of nomination of former candidates across parties with the cpim highest at 45% the congress and the bjp at 36 and 34% respectively and the sp and bsp at 26 and 16% respectively the sitting getting thumb rule not applying to former candidates and even less so to renomination from the same constituency Even if we look only at the incumbents, the Congress renominated only 71% of the incumbents, only 56% from the same constituency. The other parties being around half or less. The sitting getting thumb rule applies only to the Congress, but with 29% of the incumbents being exceptions to the rule. Now, if you look at the possible explanations, you know, for for why why this happens, like why you know certain candidates, you know, are actually not uh, given the tickets. Now, there are, there could be like six possible reasons, you know, for 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 not for non-renomination, you know, there could be like death of the cap candidate. Now, I mean, they're not not exact figures, but it's it's it, I mean that figure is actually not uh, I mean not relevant. It doesn't affect the net result, you know. defection by the earlier candidate or incumbent to another party or to independent status something that happens quite often at the last moment in the event that the candidate is denied renomination expulsion of incumbent from the party reservation of general constituencies for scheduled caste tribe and vice versa now this was a factor you know which was which definitely played a role you know in the 2009 election but not say if you were to compare 99 and 2004 this fact this 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 particular factor was an operational because in 2009 election you know you had election you know which were conducted on the basis of the newly uh, you know delimited uh, constituencies like like if, uh, like as i said earlier you know there were 101 constituencies you know whose de- uh, uh, whose uh, basically uh, physical boundaries changed or like in up itself you know there were 11 constituencies you know which 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 basically changed the past candidate or incumbent is dropped for some reason other than the above that is purely by exercise of discretion in the party nomination process this can be due to caste balancing or social engineering now what basically i mean if you were to look at uh, is what, what what could be the reason you know or like you know is there a, what, what we're trying to do you know is basically you know is look look at you know if there's a connection between how uh, the democratic the internal functioning of parties you know as you know in 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 india or like how parties actually construct majorities because at the end of the day you know if you have to fight fight an election and so your your ultimate aim you know ideally should be that you want to win you know so we need to forge not only political coalition but also social coalitions there are several hypotheses that might possibly explain one or more aspect of the above pattern of renomination or not of candidate in indian parties and the implication of this for internal democracy and for the construction of majorities but first there are two ways not mutually exclusive in which a party can construct an electoral majority both of which which have been attempted by various indian parties 
The party can expand its appeal by moving social groups outside its usual fold and or those which vote for other parties including groups defined by religion, caste and other ascriptive affiliations and get the members to vote for the party. This implies including members of such group as candidates in at least some constituencies. In practice, this means reaching out to caste group that would normally be outside the party's fold or make, making a catch-all pitch on non-ethnic issues that would attract votes. Outreach to new caste group has been termed social engineering by the BJP. Form a pre-electoral coalition with parties that have distinct social basis but not incompatible policies. The two methods of constructing majorities are not mutually exclusive but there can be a tension between them as the former method does not respect the social-ethnic turf of other parties. In the Indian context of ethnicization of several parties in several states, for example like the SP and the BSP in UP, which have distinctive core base of particular caste but tries to eat into it, the former method of constructing a majority would be aided by, it can be hypothesized, internal democracy particularly in candidate nomination in which groups with numerical strength at constituency level would have a commensurate voice and would get due weight in the nomination process. Now, if you look at, you know, a party like Congress, you know, why Congress, you know, I mean, uh, started losing its space, you know, since uh, 19, late 70s, uh, 70s onwards, was primarily because, you know, the entire process, you know, was, was actually quite centralized. The way candidates were selected, or like, you know, everything was concentrated, you know, in, in the hands of, uh, of, of the high command, you know, right? So the newer groups, you know, actually did not have a chance, you know. So the only option they had, you know, was an exit option. So they would leave the group, you know, uh, the party and float their own, own, own party. Because that way, you know, at least they would have some say. Uh, now, in general, it can be hypothesized that the more decentralized and internally democratic the nomination process is, the greater opportunity for a broad range of party members, including new entrants, to win nomination. Even without attempts at, at social engineering, it can be hypothesized that parties that do not have internally democratic process of nomination whereby performers are rewarded and can build a long-term political career in parliament will tend to experience internal dissatisfaction and lose members through defection. And that's one reason, you know, why defection is actually so high, you know, in a party like BSP. Thus, one can hypothesize a tension between lack of internal democracy and constructing a majority through social expansion. However, it is possible, again, that this logic may not apply uh, to all the parties, you know, maybe it will apply to, you know, party like Congress, you know, which, which, which is a catch-all party, but, uh, or like for uh, illogical parties like CPM or the BJP, or um, uh, I think if you look at BSP, you know, BSP is unique, you know, because it is, it is actually quite confident, you know, of retaining its core vote, you know, right, so it doesn't, it's, it's, it's immaterial, you know, whether you decide to join the party or leave the party, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a transaction. Right? You give us money, we'll give you votes, you know, and it's the only party, you know, which is confident enough, you know, of like transferring those votes, you know, to, so that's why, you know, Mayawati very often makes the statement, every time they have an alliance, you know, BSP at the end of the day doesn't gain much, you know, it is the other parties, you know, which, 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 which gain. If this holds true, then the leadership of uh, illogical or ethnic parties could, if they were so inclined, deny nomination to incumbents and former candidates without losing the support of the core voters or experiencing defection. In fact, they could possibly deny nomination to incumbents and give nomination to candidates representing newly mobilized social groups in an attempt to construct majorities through social engineering. The same leadership autonomy can give them flexibility and, and flexibility striking pre- and post-electoral coalition agreements. Thus, a variety of mutually non-exclusive hypotheses are compatible with the observed pattern of nomination. 
In the context of illogical or ethnic parties, a cautionary note on intra-party democracy may be necessary. Intra-party democracy may help better representation of various social ethnic uh, groups, but in illogical or ethnic parties, internal elections may be majoritarian, marginalizing those who do not belong to majority group or majority opinion, and may also, through the logic of ethnic or illogical outbidding, help extremist-controlled parties, since these will be the most uh, active in getting themselves and the followers voted to party offices. Now, internal democracy, yes, I mean, it's a good thing per se, but the fact is it may not work, you know, if your political system is actually majoritarian, right, or if it's an ethnic party, you know, which is a party, you know, where, like, you may not ha want to have, you know, representation of other diverse groups, you know, which exist in society. So the logic of democracy, you know, might just work against, you know, these dispersed groups and their opinion. To apply the aforementioned mutually non-exclusive hypothesis concretely, although inevitably, Speculatively, uh, we could put forward the following proposition. All parties dropped most of the losing candidates of 2004 because they were not from, from uh, they were not perceived to be currently winnable in 2009. However, the dropping of 76 to 84 percent of the incumbents by the SP and the BSP can perhaps be explained apart from the first five factors mentioned above by either or both two of the hypotheses above, namely be, being caste-based ethnic parties essentially and with a strong Muslim minority support base due to the Muslim community's apprehension of Hindu nationalist BJP, their leadership, particularly that of the BSP, their, uh, their leadership felt that they could drop incumbents for more, more currently winnable or loyal candidates and drop incumbents for accommodating candidates from caste group they sought to accommodate without losing the core vote because they assume an ethnic ethnicity-based uh, core voter allegiance. Since centrist catch-all Congress could not assume that, nor could the illogical BJP in most states, there's where it is forced to play catch-all politics. They, particu then they particularly the Congress repeated most of the incumbents. The lower number of defection from the Congress could also be due to its being perceived to be the likely winner in 2009. The lower rate of repeating incumbents by the BJP could also be due to the chaotic and arbitrary nomination processes followed in 2009 according to interview-based information. Now, uh, if you were to look at it, you know, in the sense, what is fascinating here is that, you know, what goes against uh, both the Congress and the BJP to a certain extent is the fact, you know, that they have a pan-India presence, you know, both are national parties and both, and especially what is true for Congress is, 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 is the fact, you know, it contests election in most of the Indian states, you know, right? So, it's actually spread quite thinly, you know, which is certainly not the case for ethnic-based parties. I mean, this, this holds true for not only for, for, a, for a party like BSP and SP, but also holds true, you know, for a lot of other parties, you know, uh, like whether you look at the DMK, IDMK, you know, for that matter, you know, TDP. Uh, so, if you're an ethnic-based party, there's a logic to it, you know, you know it for a fact that you can, you know, retain your core voters. So, all you need to do is, you know, to strike the right bargain, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, elections are a transaction, right? So, that's what this paper is all about, but it's still a work in progress. I mean, what I really need to do is basically, uh, I've, I've built the data set for 1999-2004, but I still haven't had the time you know, to actually analyze it. So, uh, maybe next time around, you know, yeah. we can do it. Thanks.